often when you drive by a place where they're building something, it seems like there's just a hole in the ground for months and months and months. And then suddenly the foundation goes in because they've done all the work to make sure that it's, it's really well laid. And then the house just goes up like in a week, it seems like. This is the first episode of the Foundations and Kingdom Ministry sub podcast, I guess, but the second class of the training. The topic this time is Who is Jesus? led by our pastoral advocate, Danielle Riley. <clears throat> yeah, it says in 1 Corinthians that there's, there's no foundation that can be laid other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the rock. He's the, the, found, the even the, the confession of Jesus is the rock upon which the, the church is built. And so it's really critical that uh, we have a, a really healthy understanding and a biblical understanding of who Jesus is. So who is Jesus? Why do we say in Jesus' name when we pray? Because the church told us to, because that's just what we say. <laughs> is his last name Christ? <laughs> so Jesus is the Son. The Bible calls the history of Jesus' life on earth, his mission here, the gospel. And the word gospel means good news which is why Bob's always saying, what's the good news in a text? That's what he means. What's the gospel? What's Jesus doing in the passage? So you learned about God as the Father last week, or what, what it means to be God's children. So we're adopted into God's family, and he created the world and everything in it. So in a sense, we're all God's children because he's created all of us. But Jesus is unique. And aside from the first man, Adam, who God made from the earth, Jesus is the only human being not to have an earthly father. His mother conceived as a virgin. So what else makes Jesus unique? This is the participatory part of the program. Another one. So, who who do you say Jesus is? Symbols. Yeah. He's my friend. <laughs> he is God. Asher and I have had some really interesting conversations around that. He goes, "I can be my own father." I said, "No, only Jesus can." He's <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. There's some mystery to it, right? Matthew 16, 13 through 20 says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
And he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So we need divine revelation to learn who Jesus is too, right? We can read about it and understand it up here, but to really understand it here, we need the help of God or the Holy Spirit. Like I learned about Jesus my whole life growing up, or I learned about God, mostly as a judge, not as a physician, but I never really understood that Jesus wanted to help me or save me or that God even cared. All I heard was he was mad at me, so I figured he can get in line with the rest of the people that are mad at me over there, I guess, so... (laughs) There was a lot of people, I figured. <laughs> so who we say Jesus is can be a distorted image. And it's an important question for us because it's like like Mike was saying, it's foundational to everything else. So who we understand Jesus to be defines our walk with God and our relationship with God because it's through Jesus that that happens. So... Many people have all sorts of ideas about God and Jesus. Within Christianity, I'm sure you've all heard all kinds of stuff, all of it on the map, but it often leads to distorted ideas, and we get our ideas about God shaped by our earthly authority figures or our parents or teachers or, yeah, who are broken people just like us, so it distorts our image of God or what a father looks like. So who does the world say Jesus is? This is kind of a list Mike came up with, or Mike and I came up with, about that he never existed, or that he's a myth, or a regular man, someone just said, or a good moral teacher, a higher power, I got in meetings a lot, (laughs) ascended master, the new age thing, I've never heard that, but, oh, okay, Uh, a created lesser being, Jehovah's Witness, or one of the sons of God, Elohim, Kevin and I had to look that up today, it was like, they don't believe in the unity of the Trinity, because that they're all separate. I didn't know that. But also that we could be ascended. To, yeah, it's confusing. So this part is where who wants to read scripture? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the long one. All right. I didn't pay attention to who I gave what, so. (laughs) Who's got John 1? Who got John 1? John 1, John 1. Who's got John 1? Yeah. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. All right, who got the Mark 1 passage? You got the cat. Cat. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the clouds. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. There you go. It's the English Standard Version. It's the, same one that the same one that we use here. Check. Check. Okay. John 14. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me? Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Who's got Philippians? There you go. Perfect. I didn't plan it. <laughs> Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every name should bow, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. John 15. John 15, 15. Um, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And then Luke 3, 7.34. The son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him. A glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Unless you want to keep it. <laughs> All right. So in a lot of cases, we need revelation, like we said before, from God to help clear the religious clutter or to clear the lies about who Jesus is and to know it here in our hearts. 
Mark 9 says Jesus is a higher revelation than Moses, who was brought to the Old Testament or the law, so they were following before Jesus. Or Elijah was a prophet, and Jesus is the one who reveals the heart of the Father and the will of the Father because Jesus is one with the Father. So just like the John 14 passage, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or looking around them at the world to say, why isn't God stopping all this? Yeah. I just heard that recently. I heard from Jesus' perfect revelation. Mm-hmm. You want to know what God's like? We have to look for the good news. Right. But it's like you were saying about Jesus clarifies the clutter, gets the clutter out of the yeah. At the end of um, Luke's gospel, Jesus is walking with the disciples. He's resurrected. Mm-hmm. And it says he opened their hearts to understand the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. Okay. How it how the old Old Testament bear bore witness to Jesus, how they must how he was to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting because then Jesus himself is available to us to help us you know, get out, get away, get the clutter out of the way in the Old Testament. Um, do you have something to say, Tom? Yeah, I was just going to say, don't search for his image, of, the image of his face, but is what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in that same passage, they didn't recognize the resurrected Jesus. <laughs> um. So God loves you and sent Jesus to deal with everything in the way so you could have a relationship with him. But how many people memorized this verse when they were in Sunday school? I never never had any idea what it meant, though. I memorized it, and I knew it, and I sang songs to it, and I had no clue. What, no one ever explained to me what this actually meant. Yeah, I memorized it before I knew what parish meant. <laughs> so for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What does perish mean then? Die. Die? So for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world or us, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Yes. I like how specific that is. Through Jesus is the only way. Mm-hmm. Well, perish can also mean not to, um, uh, to be forgotten. Yeah. Not spoke of or mm-hmm. any memories brought up. Can you just share a little story? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, um, I didn't have a dad, so I didn't know what it was like to um, to have a dad, and so um, like God has revealed to me through a couple of people, and um, like one's in the room right now, and I remember when I first brought Paul to church, and until Bob came up. And introduced um, himself. We introduced you, and you just proceeded to tell him what a wonderful person I was. And I thought that's what it'd be like if I had a dad. Aww. You know how precious I was to you and to this family. And it showed me something. And that's and then there's Alan. Alan's kind of a butt, <laughs> but Alan has shown me what it's like to have a father that doesn't spoil you, but it, it has high it has high expectations, but not too high. 
and has a, you know just God's mercy. Um, oh, he's just like I don't know. So I think that God can rise above whoever our parents are and show us. And in some ways, I'm so grateful I wasn't raised by a father so that I would have had that all weirded out thing. So that's one big thing that comes out of not having a father, is that when God shows you what a father is really supposed to be like. So I think that's God's love. Yeah. That's all. I did have a father, a dad, biological dad, and I still do. But he's... And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's far from being a father. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's difficult. Like, so I'm turning to our father, my father God, mm. as a father. Mm. I mean, I have someone there who's my biological dad, and I don't. It's difficult because I want to respect my dad. Yeah. I, I, and I I do respect my dad. But he makes it so difficult, and has made it so difficult in life to, to, to not pray about disrespecting him while he's abused, mentally, verbally abusing. Oh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like you said, you didn't have a father there. I had, I had my father there, but he was far from a father. Mm-hmm. And I love him. I love him with all my heart. I, 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 mean, I, I truly do love him. I care about him so much. But he's far from what my father God is showing me, you know, because that's all I want is for him to show me love mm-hmm. instead of verbally abusing me. Not feeling like he does, knowing that he does, but he does. the way you're not supposed to say. Thanks for sharing, Tony. Yeah, all of our earthly fathers have failed us. That's yeah. I mean, that's the part of the humanity that but, I'm going to fail my kids. I mean, I already have in a lot. I guess what I, I'm truly trying to say is at some point in our life, God is our Father. He's our Father. He'll, he'll show us that love and He'll mm-hmm. teach us our, the way and just be open-minded and willing to do whatever He brings, no matter negative or positive. Yep. You know what I mean? He's, he's there. That's how I accept Him, just like that. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for leading us into the next slide. <laughs> well, Jesus, Jesus is the only one qualified to bring you in relationship with God. That's what God wants from us. He doesn't want to tell us all that we're doing wrong. He's not a judge trying to convict us or sentence us. It's, he wants relationship, and Jesus is the way to that. Um, John 14, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So any religion that says Jesus is the way but not the only way, that is not what we believe here. It's the only way. It's black and white. I know it's super black and white, and it's really. If we're gonna believe the Bible, we have to believe all of it and not what it says. Yeah, you have to believe in Jesus. We're pretty direct. Can I share something based on that last statement? Yeah. When I I grew up in church as well, mm-hmm. but and we knew about Jesus, but I never realized we could have a relationship with mm. him. Like yeah. I, we learned about him as he was presented in the Bible, but not as something you could have personally. Yeah. You know? And um, when I was first getting to know him, I accepted Christ, and then, you know, you, you get, I'm still getting to know him. <laughs> but when I was first getting to know him, I was kind of grappling with it, and I was like, what in the world? And I talked to this missionary guy, and 
So what makes him any better than like all these other ways, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was kind of grappling with this, and he said, "Well, Jesus is the only one that doesn't like. How can I explain this? Like require something of you, other. I mean, other than our whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Just that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's free, but it costs everything. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's in my heart. That's what. Um, it's based on grace, not. It's based on yeah. grace, and it's not anything that you could ever do or not do. And that's what that inner part of any other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But yeah. I was raised similar. I grew up in church, and I never was told I could have a relationship with God. It was more fear fear about judgment, fear about what God's going to do when I died, based on all the stuff I did wrong through life. Like, I just had some rap sheet that was just continuing to get longer. And I just said, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> um, I, too, was raised in church. In the church. Um, uh, we have family members who are Christian pastors up over in Yakima County. And we attended church three, three days out of, the, out of the week. But what I got in church... I was able to use in life. Um, my dad was, and I don't mean to bring him up, this is not to disrespect him or anything, but he was uh, very domestic towards my mother for uh, 365 days out of the year for 18 solid years. And I'm the oldest of six. So he was my way, the only way, because I tried so many different ways to just, like thoughts of just taking my life, but it wasn't, it was like, no, hold on. Don't be selfish. There's your mother, there's your brother, there's your sisters. And so he was there with me then. He was with me on the streets when I did everything I did because it was so deceiving. And he was there with me when I was doing that. And it wasn't in my full control, but I know he was with me. And, and that's, you know, that's the truth of it is no matter where I went or where I was, he was ready to listen to me once when I was ready to pray to him. No matter when I turned to him or when it was, he was there. And and I and one time it just you know became apparent to me that that once that spark was gone, like the adrenaline and everything from the streets and the life I was living, he was right there. He took I mean as soon as that I, I got incarcerated, I started working. On my recovery, I started working on my character and who I wanted to be and who I wanted, you know, how I wanted to, you know, be, you know, like, yeah, like, he showed me all that because I don't, I don't, until this day, I know, I know who I can be, but only through him, only through Jesus Christ could I be, and do I have any potential? Because, I mean, the whole life of, of, and everybody has a rough life. My, myself in particular, for myself, he was always there, and he's still teaching me on a daily. He's teaching me, so yeah, he's, mm-hmm. all that makes a lot of sense to me. And really yeah. resonates. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, takes a lot of surrender. Every day. Every day. Over and over again. Yeah. I like to take stuff back. Every day was forgiving. You know, like that was another thing that he taught me. He's like every day when there, when it was a fight. I had to forgive him, you know, because it wasn't him. 
in particular was the drugs and alcohol. So it was it was a it was it was a constant like like believe in him, know that it's not right to put hands on your father, even though he's putting hands on your mother. Protect. It was just all you know. It all just and every, and all that I, I picked up from going to church. You know, like the commandments stuff. You know, don't disrespect your mother, and your father. And, you know, and, and all that I kept in mind. And I would just hold him down, and because you know, the most of me wanted to beat him up, yeah. put hands on him. I wanted you know all this, all this like, why are you doing this to my mom or to my you know brothers and sisters? And but I, I thank God that He was there with me because He contained me from a lot of what my my flesh wanted to do, and mm-hmm. He still does. He, protects me from from my fleshly desires or wants. Mm-hmm. He truly does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing, Tony. Yeah, thank you. So on the cross, Jesus Christ made the way for us to have a relationship with God. The way doesn't come freely. Jesus had to die for that to happen. First um, Peter says Christ suffered and died for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered a physical death. He was raised to life in the Spirit. Second Corinthians, God made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So he took our place. Yep, he took the bullet. Yes. That's just how much God loves you. So he took the bullet from the IV on Wow. Yeah. Gateway etching my back on Jesus. I don't mean to. Yeah, it's a struggle. Like that's what daily surrender over and over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not always daily. very good at it. Good. Most of the time, I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Gotta surrender our will. Yeah. It's a battle of moving too. So again, Jesus is the one who saves. He's the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So anyone that says it can be Jesus or it could be Buddha or it can be Jehovah or whatever, it's it's just Jesus. And Romans says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? <laughs> to be saved. It's saved to be flopped out of the mucky, <laughs> mari, yucky stuff. Does it just mean I get, get to go to heaven when I die? No, not at all. That's very part of it. Though. Yeah, there, but that's the only part I heard growing so up. There's so much to, to that. Then all of a sudden you get this hunger and thirst for your brothers and your sisters' salvation. You There's know, a complete like, book on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to I think it's called the Bible. It's called the Bible. It's probably like this big. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, also, it's the same word for heal. Is it? Mm-hmm. Heal? So it well. That makes a lot of sense. I'm in recovery from IV meth, and I was hoping to die. By the end of it, I mean, literally, I was yeah. just hoping to die, and oh, I was rescued my run, from myself, my from that, from everything. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can't run, explain my, it any other way. I, I can relate because <laughs> yes. day was like, let's die. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. then I am. Yeah, you never left myself. I'm glad you're still alive, Daniel. 
I am yeah. too. <laughs> I think Jesus is too. He wouldn't have yeah. gotten so much trouble to die for me. <laughs> never, no, never. You told me that while I was sitting at Skagit with Rob, and I would have told you you were easy. I can't imagine me sitting in a triangle with you two. This is like so weird. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're it. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Can I add one thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, you said Jesus is Jehovah. Isn't Jehovah? I mean, is the one who saves not Jehovah? But you know the name Jehovah. That's the name for the Lord. And so Jesus is Jehovah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even though I don't Jehovah. know that's how we no, pronounce Jehovah's God's name. Yeah. Jesus they, is. They talk about Jehovah as like a prophet or a son of God. Jesus is the Lord. The Bible does declare that Jesus or God has several different names, and it goes through a list of names, and if you look into it, like, a lot of, a lot of the religions, those are the names that are given that they, that some of the other religions believe and call that their God is, is the name Father. Abba Father are just, because ultimately it does mean God, it's just we use God in our language. Yeah, other languages and other beliefs, they have other names, like you go it's oh, like just like calling a it's now. It's not later. I think it's a now thing. Like over and over again now, Jesus comes to my rescue all the time. Every hour. Yeah. But it requires my surrender to it. I have to turn to Him first. You know, I can't. Yeah. It's all of that. All of the above. But what I was always taught growing up was, well, you're gonna go to heaven when you die. You're not gonna go to hell and suffer for eternity in fire. So, so that's it's fear. Yeah. Well, no. Then came judgment. It was a turn and burn theology, mostly. What I grew up with of everything you do matters, and you're going to have to stand in judgment when you die. So yeah. You better, no, you better no, mind your peace so and keep not eating forgiveness. But it was a once and for all thing. But it was mostly like this fear-based. That's Even like I was, I had an intervention, and my, my dad brought up, "What are you going to do at judgment?" When I was seriously strung out, and was like, well, I don't care. I was raised Mormon, baptized Mormon, and that was like a big thing in the church was the fact that they take sacrament every week, you know, and it was like the hypocritical, like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want to through the week. Whatever it is, like I mean, some of the Mormon girls are some of the most like you know promiscuous, like crazy, wild like girls, you know. But, um, you know, and certain, yeah, that um, because each week, you know, you're you're being forgiven again. So it's like, oh well, as long as I take sacrament, I'm all good. I can do whatever I want, and and so each week was, you know, you're just you know going week to week, and you're forgiven. As long as you're taking sacrament, you're forgiven. Like the you know, the deal. What we do but, matters. Yeah, what we do does matter, and it is, you know. But I found it personally of the, like, okay. kind of too big, very hypocritical. We're not techie. I'll right, right here and help us set it up, and now I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, now we're all going to the party yeah. afterwards, right? <laughs> you know.
So I've had people, you know, say that like um, Christians are hypocritical because they make mistakes, and it's like nobody claimed to be perfect, but that's what the world sees. The world sees we're saying we're perfect, so when we make a mistake or when we fall from glory um, or whatever it is, that's the best they call it. It's like this big deal. Even my family was like that when I needed help. Yeah. You know, in my divorce, like, where's your God now, huh? Hmm? I think really Christian, the Christian is to be Christ-like. It's, you know, to be Christian is to do the best we can to mm-hmm. be like Christ, to mm-hmm. be as pure-hearted and pure mind, and of just generating a love, a, a you know, just a oneness. For, for everyone and to be able to, you know, to be like Christ. So we examine Jesus and who is Jesus? He is, he is one that is love. He's, you know, like he's mercy, he's grace. He's the one that's going to come and heal the blind. And he's the one that there is no judgment. He's going to love you no matter what. There's unconditional and where he's what the perfect father is and should be. Yeah. And well, it is, he is, he is, um, and so we strive to be like that. And is you know, as long as, it, until we can actually see what he is and the kindness and the, you know, like, because, I mean, I was raised Mormon and my dad was, I mean, I had a really good, you know, base, foundation of faith and family and that. And my dad, like, he definitely, like, had that fatherly, like, I mean, and he's high up in the priesthood too, like right now. Like, I mean, so he will sit and he'll debate, Jesus and God, and, you know, and I get that. I look back at him, and I'm like, you know, like, you know, at points, sure, I was selling drugs out of his garage, you know, out of the garage of his house, and he kind of, like, turned his head and stuff, but at the same time, like, I mean, the day of the day that I got my doors kicked in, and he came to visit me in jail the very next day, and he's like, well, you feel any smarter? You know, like, and he's that just wise owl being like, okay, well, maybe you should have listened. You know, like, you got to learn your own lessons, you know, like, and, but overall, and it's like, okay, yeah, he could have stepped in, but would I have actually, like, got 10 years clean? Would I have actually been able to, like, you know, raise both of my children up to almost 10 without, you know, drugs and alcohol, without, you know, like, having that strong foundation? Probably not, you know, um, and to where, you know, I mean, not, I mean, he's not. Christ and he's not but you know being able to be as loving and kind and but yet being firm and um a sort of um having expectations of this is what I expect of you and when you you know like you may turn against it but when you're ready I'm here and I'll love you no matter what you do but just know that this is like any parent like you know you get in trouble like okay you know like when I'm using drugs and when I'm doing bad stuff I stay away from my family because I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to do those things. But I know that when I come to a point where I can forgive myself and, you know, like actually decide to straighten up, I can go home and I can be like, because they, there's that unconditional love. And that Except is, that doesn't is, require us to straighten it all up before we come home. We think that he wants that, but he just yeah. he just wants the mess. He wants all of it. Well, for me, the, the, the verse that sums it up for me is in Colossians chapter one, and it says, that, and we say this every week actually in our communion. It says we are rescued from the rule of darkness. Mm-hmm. 
and have been transferred into the kingdom of the beloved, mm-hmm. yep. in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. That that sums it up for me. Like I didn't do anything to be rescued. I was in bondage to darkness, mm-hmm. and Jesus mm-hmm. came and rescued me. And yeah. I have a very clear sense of being rescued. Yeah. And and even yesterday, he rescued. And the day, like, like there's the big rescue, and then there's the daily rescue. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, but, I'm an 80 time. But now I'm in a new kingdom. <laughs> I'm in a darkness and light, and kingdom of light. And think about it. It's not even like we, we have to return sometimes. I mean, the, the lost sheep was just lost. Yeah. When the shepherd found him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the shepherd locked me in jail so he could come find me. Make it easier. I just got money. So other religions tell us, I will show you the way to find God. Jesus says, I am God and I came to find you. Yeah, he wasn't lost. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the lost sheep. So if Jesus isn't who he says he is, then we're not forgiven. We're not rescued from the rule of darkness. We're not raised with him. We're not being transformed into his likeness. And we're not empowered to live a new life. And there's no healing in his name. And we don't know that the Father is really like. And we're left with Old Testament images of God. Yeah. Wow. So we need Jesus. Amen. <laughs> in a lot of different ways. <laughs> so I'm assuming most people here have done the salvation prayer or allowed Jesus to enter into their life, but I figure it's always good to recommit or to say it again and really re-surrender ourselves to God or to Jesus. So if we could maybe say this all together. It's on the back page. On the back page, the salvation prayer. So, dear Jesus, I admit to you that I need you, and that up to now I have wanted to control my own life. Please forgive me for living my life without you. Thank you for dying on the cross, forgive my sins, and bringing me into your kingdom. Thank you for rescuing me from the rule of darkness. I invite you to come into my life as Savior and to be Lord of every area of my life. Lord of my mind and all my thoughts. Lord of my emotions and all my feelings and actions. Lord of my will and all my decisions. Lord of my body and all my behavior. Lord of my spirit and my relationship with you. Lord of my time, my work, my home, my family my possessions, and in all my relationships. Thank you that you did everything necessary for me to enter into life in you. I put my faith in you, Jesus, and I trust you. I receive you now as my Savior, Lord. So John 5, 5.24 says, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death and into life. That's the rescue, right? Out of death and into life all the time, every day. We can choose life. Tell us what we need to do for homework. Homework is so John 14, 1 through 11, the passage we read a little bit about. But so I want you to spend some time imagining the scene. Like as Mike was talking about, we have this. Wanting you to like imagine the scene, like what the people are wearing, what they're saying, what is God doing, what is Jesus doing, what's he saying to you. Imagine yourself standing there with the characters and what's going on. And just write down your thoughts about and ask for the Holy Spirit to reveal 
what he has for you in this passage and maybe journal a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I'd encourage you to do that a couple of times. Yeah. I don't just read the passage once and think, oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I often approach scripture that way. I'll just read it once and think I'm good. But I, there's, Jesus wants to take us deeper and deeper. And so let your imagination be a part of how you engage with scripture. And the other part is a prayer exercise about, I want you to think about what you have thought about Jesus to be in your life and ask for revelation from the Holy Spirit about what might not be true or what, what kind of images of Jesus that you've maybe been misled to believe throughout life or and spend some time asking the Holy Spirit and journaling about who Jesus really is, about what the truth is. You can share with us next week a little bit, if you want to. Yeah. Well, Jesus, thank you so much for our rescue, for the one, the one huge rescue and for the daily rescues all the time throughout our lives. And just ask that you... Help us get in the habit of turning to you and surrendering to you every little part of our lives so that we can have life and not death. And just, yeah, thank you for, for your death for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I talk longer. In addition to this gathering, we worship at our building on Sunday at 4.30 in the afternoon. Our building is in Burlington on Freehaven Avenue across from the post office.